Hey, I've been invited to compete in the Chicago Area Athletic Championships. Well, can't turn this down. So scare the big spider off the mantle, because there's a new trophy coming in. Nothing yeah. can stop me now. Yeah. Except getting it in the cup during drug testing. <laughs> Dad, did you read this thing? Sure, it says see at the championships. It says senior championships. <laughs> it's for people over 65. <laughs> Today's Wednesday! Let's rock. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. We're getting old, but we're still here. My name is Al. I'm so, oh, sorry, guys. I was just daydreaming at the time I slapped the coach and took over the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jamie. Can I get a whoa asylum? Whoa, whoa asylum. asylum. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Dan Chase, and I'm about as desirable as shredded wheat without the milk. Oh, that's just not true, Dan. <laughs> Have you ever had shredded wheat without the milk? It's excruciating. Only the uh, the ones with the sugar on the. I've had those. Frosted shredded wheat. Frosted mini wheats or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember uh, as a child, my mom used to uh, get the get it without it. She like put some sugar on it, and I'm like, this is just not the same. Was it that much more to get the sugar built in? No. <laughs> I'm totally with you. I'm sending this clip to my mom. Yeah, how much more could that have been? (laughs) (laughs) Like, really? So, yeah, we're reviewing Go for the Old, Season 7, Episode 19. Director Jerry Cohen, writer Stacey Lip. Al becomes obsessed with his age after a theater cashier gives him a senior citizen's discount. Special guest stars. E.D. Miller is Ira. Mario Rag... Rakuzo as Vendor, Kevin Brief as Official, George Feinstein as George, Peggy Gilbert as Cheerleader, Georgia Schilling as Cheerleader, Jerry Thill as Cheerleader, Marion Wells as Cheerleader. <laughs> I didn't see that many cheerleaders. I guess the there only three. Three and then the one playing a tuba, maybe. Oh, the tuba. Yeah. Todd McFar Todd McLaren as Stadium Announcer. Wow, he's the wrong Todd. <laughs> you could either be Todd McFarlane or you could be Todd McLaurin. Is there a right Todd? Yeah, Todd McFarlane. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather be him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, the title of this episode comes from the phrase, Go for the gold, as in gold medal. Uh, so in season one, <laughs> what's wrong with me today? So in episode one of this season, uh, we talked about the Cousin Oliver Syndrome. (laughs) Now we have to talk about the Chuck Cunningham Syndrome. 
as you guys know, if you're a Happy Days fan, Chuck Cunningham syndrome occurs when a character is on a TV show and then he just mysteriously vanishes with no write-off, no death. Not even saying he's going like Brenda from 90210. She's going to live in uh, Europe or something. Or... <laughs> is that what they did with her? Yeah. <laughs> in this, they just... So in Happy Days, Richie's older brother Chuck just disappeared early in season two with like no explanation. <laughs> um, and it's funny that Happy Days is the show that gave us the jump the shark phrase and people think this season jumped the shark but I contest that and I will contest it most likely unless everything goes really wrong in the next like exactly dude I don't buy it yet I up until this point that is complete hogwash Mm -hmm. I think people let the kid overwhelm them it's what it is it's 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 a good uh marker you know just in quick it, when you're quickly thinking about it like oh the kid came on yeah and and that's not true you know i'm sorry i we're going in depth here and i have not had any less good of a time than i did in season five or six or or anything i mean and talking about him at least kind of broke up the show a little bit and we were able to I mean, we we've given out some fives <laughs> on this season, and and a lot of fours and a lot of four point fives as well. So that right there should speak volumes to it, because you know, a lot in a lot of ways, it's like is the kid detrimental to it? So you got to even add that into it. So it almost works against that argument as well. Oh, uh, having that kid on that season. Yeah. Oh yeah. And. A few comments we got on Facebook, a lot of people, they didn't like, they weren't mean about it, but they were saying, you know, that they wouldn't give a lot of these shows as high of a rating as we did, but every time they say that, they still give it a 3.5. Now, I'm sorry, but if if most episodes don't go lower than 3.5 on a season, that's not a, a shark jumper. Right. You're right under really liking it. <laughs> uh, two and unders, that's that's a problem. Right. All just straight threes, that's a mediocre season. But you still liked it. But So, seven, after episode 18, was one future episode, Ride Scare, when his face was seen on a milk carton. We talked about that. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and no one in the Bundy family noticed or cared. <laughs> <laughs> Nor anybody in the world. No. And in another episode, Kelly knows something. I talked about this too. They showed that Kelly could learn things, but for everything she learned, another fact would like escape her brain. And uh, while cramming for a quiz show, one of the visual gags, you know, like the montage of like Al reading stuff out of a book to her and you just hear music playing and all these facts going into her head through animation as her, you know, older ones exit her head. Um, one of the things that exited was a like a, a, a floating head of seven. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Yeah, Kelly will completely forget that he existed. After that. <laughs> so on one website, they listed Luke Ventura as being Chuck Cunningham in season one. But then he was later referenced in season nine, episode 23, Pump Fiction. I just watched this one recently, too. So he is not a true Chuck Cunninghammer. So uh, his departure was uh, shortly after the Cherry Sisters. 
uh, episode, which is one of the greatest episodes ever, American Children. So, yeah, he was a great character. I really wish he hung around. Um, but I know he didn't get along well with uh, Michael Moy. That's why he he Michael Moy hated him for some reason. I wonder why. That's so interesting. You never know. Oh, I love him. I love Luke. Yeah, well, let's not forget, this is our big 150th show. Wow, I cannot believe we are at show 150, and that's not even including our specials, so wow. To celebrate, we asked our badass listeners to send in clips telling us what they love about Married with Children, their experiences with our podcast, their experiences with Season 7, whatever. I went live on Facebook and our group page, joined that, and uh, we have a few submissions. So throughout the show, we are going to be playing Submissions Should Be Fun. To everyone who participated, thank you. You are badass. Hey, everybody. This is Luigi Petalino. Congratulations to the Married with Children podcast on reaching yet another milestone. Wow, 150 episodes, and I'm happy that there are still more than 100 to go. Congratulations also on having had four out of the top ten most downloaded episodes on the Horophilia Network these past two months. To Alex, I have to say that I'm beyond humbled that you have let me into your podcast family with Dan and Jamie, having participated so much in Season 7 as both the guest host and member of the research team. It has also been my honor on the research team to work with the great Annabelle Whitford, the one and only married ANIAC who has been providing internet content for close to 20 years and whose websites I've been following for just about as long. I have gotten to walk with the world's fandom giant for this show. If you have not done so already, please join this podcast's Patreon with even a modest $1 a month donation, especially if you are a loyal weekly listener. Alex spends a lot of time working on this show every week, and even a modest contribution helps him and the team cover some of the costs to produce this quality show every week. They cannot live on toaster leavings alone. And now, back to the show. Al goes for the gold at the old people's game. You're beating all the old men. Beating them? I'm killing them. Married with children. It's a night of all new episodes Sunday. Hey, Kel? Popcorn ready? I don't know. How do you know when it's done? <laughs> when it's as big as mom's hair, it's done. Kelly's making the Jiffy Pop, that old one where you hold it over the stove and the big foil just blows up. The weird yep. thing is, he's looking right at it as he asks her, <laughs> yet explains to her yeah. when it's done, and clearly it's not at that point when he asks. Hmm? Nope. Hmm? Nope. Hmm? It's mom. <laughs> And right. neither one of them seem to be wondrous about how it's getting done when there is no fire. <laughs> I was fascinated by how it blew up and, and the time it blew up in and how they didn't even shake it. Or Right. Yeah. Several years ago, my roommate and I were making some Jiffy Pop. I used to work there. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. But um, <laughs> uh, You better if you're going to tell a story about it. But we were trying to make some Jiffy Pop, and we were altered so i (laughs) so i went to make it and there was a little tab and this little tab you know says remove this tab so (laughs) i went and i pulled the tab well when i pulled it out it said do not remove this tab 
And I was oh. like, oh, man. So <laughs> I tried to get it to pop anyway with the tab removed, and it didn't work. So I ended up having to cut it open and put it in a pot and shake it on the stove in the pot. Jesus. <laughs> Moral of that story, don't try making Jiffy Pop if you're high. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. You, you know, oddly enough, I'm like, this sounds like every night when I try and make dinner. <laughs> like, similar things are going on. Now, Dan, what did you think of when you saw the popcorn? Oh, a little movie from 1996 directed by Wes Craven. Yeah, which one? Oh, a little uh, Diddy called Scream. Originally titled Crayon. Scary Movie. <laughs> yeah, Scary Movie, yeah, the True Barrymore horror film. Yeah, and, and she shakes it. She shakes the popcorn. Yeah, What's that sound? I'm making popcorn. I think they had a bigger budget. It was in front of a live audience. I only eat popcorn when I'm watching a movie. I'm about to watch a video. Oh, yeah, which one? <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of movies, it's they're making popcorn because it's movie night. I just love movie night. It's a chance for us all to be together. Except for the fact that mom and dad are too cheap to take us. Mm-hmm. So they go and then tell us about it. Who wants to hear about the movie? <laughs> it's starting, it's starting. Well, I guess no one's going to have to yell head down in front to you, huh, bud? <laughs> Like anyone's seen your head in a movie in 10 years. <laughs> you know what it's supposed to mean. Now, now, kids. No fighting on movie night or I'm not going to tell you the movie. That's better. Okay. First, the lights come down. Then your father stumbles over everybody spilling Cokes. Oh. Then comes on a commercial for some newspaper. Boo! Boo! And a plea for the environment. Oh, save the Poor children. Earth. Who cares? <laughs> and now, our feature presentation A Few Good Men. Now, that was a big movie in 1992, and it's a film by Rob Reiner based on the Aaron Sorkin book. And it starred Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, and Demi Moore. And it had Kevin Bacon, Kevin Pollack, Cuba Gooding Jr. It had Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, this it was a big movie, and it revolves around the court-martial of two U.S. Marines that were charged with the murder of a fellow Marine. Well, in the beginning, Nicholson is really tough and everything. But then 90 minutes later, he gives up for no apparent reason. The end. <laughs> wow. What a great movie, Mom. Just a little too long for me. No military hooters dead. Who cares? I don't like starch hooters anyway, and I didn't spill the cokes, and I see no reason to go on living. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Like, you know you have, like, one weird memory from when you were 12 that just never goes away? I have this one random memory of, for some reason, somebody described much like Alan Pegg do, this particular movie to me before I saw it. When they described it, I envisioned the events that they were talking about in my head, and it was the stuff that led to the trial, like what the guys did to the other Marine. And it was so vivid in my mind when they were explaining it to me. And when I watched it, it was like shot for shot exactly how I envisioned it, like angles and everything. 
And that always really freaked me out as a kid. So it's weird that the movie that was is a memory that will never go away that was described to me and all that. In this episode, they describe this movie to them. What does it mean? I have no idea. But it's just like the weirdest tie-in with me, at least, and Married with Children, you know? Right. That is crazy. Yeah. And that's a great movie, by the way. I don't like movies like that, but damn, A Few Good Men is a tremendously good movie. I haven't seen it since those days, sadly. And there's no reason. I just feel like I already know it, so I don't watch it. It's weird. I should, though. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's the famous movie, You Can't Handle the Truth. Right. Where Jack Nicholson gives up for no apparent reason at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it, that. See, it's it's crazy, but the whole movie is kind of a build to that, to that whole. It's not just that saying. He gives a hell of a speech after. And, uh, you know, it's it's something, man. It's a great movie. I would definitely recommend you checking that out. Again, that's not a movie that I'd be like, oh, I love courtroom dramas. Right, no one's going to say they the love military. it. Right? Like, what? But then you watch it. It is it's so great. incredibly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe it. <laughs> so Peg's one-sentence description was too long of a movie for Bud. Like, what? how many other... How many, how many words was one too many for him? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. You know? Daddy's in a mood. The cashier at the movie theater thought he was 65. Well, the cashier wouldn't have thought it if you hadn't said it, Peg. Well, I had to, Al. They raised the price of tickets to $7, and we didn't have enough money. So then I saw a sign that said, Half price for senior citizens. So I called Daddy, Daddy. And that's why they wanted to get the senior discount. Now, Jamie, you know what I'm about to do. Oh, yes, I do. Okay, so I live in New Jersey. Apparently, New Jersey thinks it's New York and California. And they charge, apparently, skyrocketing prices compared to everywhere else. So I went to go see that movie Invisible Man that came out a couple weeks ago, probably a month ago at this point. Wow. I went on my phone, went to Fandango, I picked my seat, I went to the Dolby, because that's where it sounds the best. Yeah. It says, you know, after a service charge of a dollar or so, it says total, $20 and change. And I, I said, oh, I must have hit two tickets or something. Right. No. One ticket to see a movie is $20 now. So I said, I'm not, I'm not paying that. This is ridiculous. I'll just do standard. I go pick the seat, blah, 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 or whatever you have to do there. Go, I press total. It's $19. <laughs> what? AMC theater. I was like, you gotta be kidding. So then I go to go to my local theater. That's just like, you know, like the typical, you know, hole in the wall, non-commercial chain ones. Mm -hmm. It's closed. It closed up. Right. So they're out of business. Well, here's the crazy part about with what you just said on several different levels. Okay, so when when everything's closing down, obviously because of the virus going around at the moment here. No, this was before that, believe it or not. It was a month ago. Okay. Oh, so all right. So check this out. They are releasing movies now for twenty dollars. Ironically, right? Yeah. So you can watch at home, and Invisible Man is one of the first ones to do that. To do that it's yeah. one of like six or seven movies being released. They're testing it out because, you know, obviously they're shutting down theaters. So um, this is like a big moment, though, because they've been 
they've been messing with this idea for a long time now. And it seems like that window between when something gets released in the theater and then it's and then afterwards when it's released um, keeps getting shorter and shorter. Exactly. So people are saying this actually might be the death of cinema uh, (laughs) as we know it. Well, if the virus thing goes on for four or five months, or some some are saying twelve to sixteen or whatever, I don't know. But if it goes on for way too long, yeah, they're gonna just have to do this, and this might this might um, change the way we watch new movies. You know, it, it it might, you know, but not everybody has a nice new big gigantic TV, so it won't be the same experience at all. So people will still want that movie going experience, right? They can't do both, and it's a lot less overhead, and you, the studios probably pay a lot less to distribute their movie. The thing is, though, like, think about, like, and also think about they're going to pay 20 bucks, and now you can invite eight friends over your house, so they, they lost eight times the amount of money they might have made. Right. Absolutely. It'll change everything, you know? Yep. And obviously, um, you know, those piracy copies will be on the market a lot quicker as well. Right. Because people are going to find ways to record from their TV without... Easily, yeah. Or computer, whatever. Yep. You know what really upsets me? It's that the cashier didn't ask for my driver's license. She didn't even want any ID or any proof. She just believed I was 65. Obviously, we have to talk about this, so let's just get it over with. Does Al look 65 years old to you? No. God, I hope not. Not right? No, I hope so. I hope he did. That means I'll still look good when I'm 65. (laughs) Right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You have to use that logic. <laughs> I just, if he looks 65, then I look close to that, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you are his age right now. Yep. So, no, I don't think you look 65, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you. But you do have 17 cats, though, so that's still the same. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a super deep cut. Well, what did you expect, honey? She saw a stooped-over prune of a man with a young dynamite chick. (laughs) Hey, who are you standing next to, Dad? The Red Reaper. (laughs) Kids, I don't really look old, do I? And they start checking out his teeth, which was very reminiscent of the episode that was your first one. I was waiting for them to talk about the fizzy one. Yeah, and, and let me move this one aside to look at the rest. So, yeah, a week ago was your anniversary, and now look, here we are, right back where we started. And then they they look at his butt, which is really cool. It is definitely an indicator. Yeah, I've I've noticed um, that as guys get older, they look more and more like Hank Hill. Um, <laughs> I saw just like and propane accessories, little little skinny butts with <laughs> with no butt, and then like big bellies. It, you see that a lot. You know, it's like right. everything kind of shifts. Yeah, um, old men just have no butts. I don't know. Well, I'll work on that now. <laughs> It all goes to their ears and their nose. Yeah, they keep getting bigger, man. Yeah, it's like they'll be. Yeah. When they're in their 90s, they've got ears like pie plates. (laughs) Hope I never lose my butt. You wouldn't lose your butt in prison. (laughs) 
Gee, I hope I live to see you at 30. 30, or should I say 30, and he holds his hands down like Kelly's breast will be at her knees. Um, and that's crazy to... Because, you know, when you watch a show at a certain age, you usually view it through the perspective of the age that you can relate to the most subconsciously. <clears throat> so we see things through Bud and Kelly's eyes most of the time. And we see Alan Pegg as parents, even though the reality now is that's us. Mm-hmm. And we are the ages that Bud's referring to. Right. Yeah. The We get older and the show stays the same age. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well over 30 <laughs> and he's knocking on my knees. So. You don't have any knee knockers, Jamie? No, I do not. Oh, good. That's good. Wow, 150 episodes of the Married with Children podcast. It doesn't seem possible. I remember when I first discovered it, and you guys were about halfway through season two, and I went back and listened to all of them, and I've been through with all of them. Man, I remember when Justin and Jerry were the co-hosts, and then Dan and Jamie came along to keep on delivering that high quality that Alex had a vision for. So thank you for that vision, Alex. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Thank you for letting me contribute. I love the No Man Roundtable. We hope to have some more in the near future. Oh, boy. It's been some ups and downs. Fortunately, there are more good shows than bad shows of Married with Children. I even think that's true in the four seasons yet to come. We've seen the departure of Steve, the coming of Jefferson, the coming and leaving of Seven. Thank God. So... Guys, hope you have the stamina for four more seasons. I know I have because I look forward to it every week. Jefferson and I could use a little help. We were watching this old movie on TV with this really great old actor, but neither of us could think of his name. So we decided to ask someone from an older generation. (laughs) Al? In Holiday, who played Cary Grant's best friend? How would I know? I'm not old. It was... Edward Everett Horton, and I know you're about to say who's he when you know damn well. If you say it, I'll tell you real age. So Holiday is a 1938 romantic comedy directed by George Cooker. It's a remake of the 1930 film of the same name, and Horton reprises his role as Professor Nick Potter from the 1930 version. Interesting. That's (laughs) cool. Right on. Yeah, he just came back and did the same thing, I guess. It's cool to hear about uh, things like that, though, especially going back to, like, you know, the Universal Monster Days and you get all those crossovers and stuff like that. It's it's cool that, to know that stuff like that was going on way back in the day. Mm-hmm. So Edward Everett Horton Jr., uh, born in 86, but that's uh, 1886, and died in 1970. And he was best known for Fractured Fairy Tales on the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. He portrayed Uncle Ned in three episodes of Dennis the Menace. Now, this is really cool. So, he played um, the medicine man, Roaring Chicken, in F Troop, which will get mentioned again on Mario Children in the future with Larry Storch. So, he echoed his role portraying Chief Screaming Chicken on the classic Batman TV show with Adam West in the Vincent Price episode. Really? Yeah, when Vincent Price was Egghead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that episode like 30 times. 
<laughs> That's classic. I love it. And Egg grows in Gotham, and then in the second half is like... Can I, can I just say something? I love the fact that you love that Batman series. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like you watch it now, and it's just so ridiculous. And I just love that you love that. <laughs> You're like, wow, he just will not stop liking that. No, I no, I love it too. It, but I haven't watched it in years. Oh, they released a Blu-ray box set, Jamie. It is it is the most beautiful looking thing you've ever seen. Yeah, dude. Mike Burntall woman sent it to me. Yeah? Are you yep, serious? I still got it. Oh, dead serious. Wow. Jamie, well I have voodoo. Um, you guys could just log into it. I actually had the code for my box set and I just popped it in and I have every single episode ready on demand. If you guys ever want to watch. That is awesome. Compared to that animated series, though, in the 90s as well. Oh, yeah. And just both versions. I mean, obviously, one's a live action and they're completely different. But I just – I love them both so much. Yeah, Batman usually is is good. There's not too many bad Batman iterations. Um, you should watch <laughs> Batman Meets the Ninja Turtles, too. That just came out last year. That was great. Yes. I still haven't seen it. Oh, dude. I got to find a way to get it to you. That's amazing. <laughs> Right on. Well, I wouldn't say anything to embarrass you. <laughs> he got into the movies as a senior citizen. <laughs> they thought he was 65. <laughs> really? I thought he was 70. <laughs> oh, you must mean IQ. Well, then, yes. Yeah, he's definitely 65. <laughs> Come on now, Al isn't 65. He just looks 65. <laughs> now, you want to see a great-looking 65-year-old, you come knocking on my door in 40 years. Oh, but uh, don't come barging in, because I'm going to be in there with some young chick. Thank you, honey. Oh, will you still be living there with us? The question is, will you still be living and I'm going, yeah, right, you're 25. <laughs> right? 25 years old. Yeah, I think we just went over his age. I'm not doing it again, but I'm pretty sure he's like 35 or so. Right. <laughs> it wasn't 25. Yeah. How great was that when he said he'll he'll be with a young chick and Marcy says, thank you. And then the way he turned around and looked at her. looks at her. <laughs> well, I cannot stop loving him. He should know better that she's right there and she's going to hear him. Like, he completely slipped and she just didn't catch it. <laughs> or maybe he thought she w- he talked low enough that she wouldn't. Right, 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 right. When she points it out, he doesn't hesitate to say, oh, will you still be living with us? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> Th- those two have struck gold almost every time this season. Yep. Every time. Well, you know, of course, the I think the birthday one, they failed miserably, too. I think everybody did, right? Everybody did. That's a, that's a, <laughs> that was a loss for everybody involved. Everybody. <laughs> Peggy, you're so lucky. Even though yours is about as desirable as shredded wheat without the milk, <laughs> at least he's cheap to keep. <laughs> Say, Al, why don't you go out and get yourself one of those senior citizen discount cards? Why, you could use the card to have a nice in by 2 p.m., out by 2.30 supper at Denny's. Mmm, okay. 
Hey, that's pretty good because anything I eat by two is up by two thirty anyway. Now, married children always or used to more talk about Denny's all the time, like you know the slam dunk breakfast, or that was like Kippies, but they they mentioned Denny's like even for like um, Christmas breakfasts and things like that. Well, there was one time Peg went by herself. Right. It's basically because it's known as like a cheap place to eat cheap food. You know, Denny's. And it still exists, I I believe, to this day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I never went there myself, but yeah. It just always seemed... Trashy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good. It's like, uh, it's like McDonald's, uh, but it's just like the breakfast version, you know? And it's like... like- like an I like IHOP, it. I guess. IHOP, yeah, no. yes. Oh, IHOP's good. IHOP's like a step above, I oh, think. Oh, okay. Uh, just barely. Barely, right. It's like a half step. Yeah, yeah, it's not. They're all not that good. Like, okay, we just went to one, and it depends on what you get, but it's like, it, it's kind of just like fast food type of stuff, it seems like, you know? I mean, I only eat pancakes there, though, and breakfast, so it's always really good, IHOP. But, yeah, I never had, like, tried real food. I know they make burgers now at IHOP, so. Right. So the senior discount thing, that's a discount offered to people, like, usually around, like, 55, 60 and up or whatever. The exact age varies in different cases. Um, So the rationale behind it was that, you know, like, they'd offer a senior discount because they would assume that the customer is like you know retired or living off a you know limited income or whatever they're unlikely to willingly pay full price so you know they just uh, have reduced prices uh, and that's better than no sales at all and it would you know generate revenue it, mm-hmm. you know it actually makes more money when you give them a discount <laughs> hey where can i get one of them cards well city hall but al you can't seriously do this I mean, it would be dishonest. It would be cheating. Oh, right. I couldn't do anything like that. <laughs> I'm going to get me one of them cards right now. I'll use my senior movie pass as ID. Oh, but if I'm going to try to fool people into thinking I'm old, I'll have to figure a way to cover up my sexuality. <laughs> what about one of those little round Band-Aids, Al? <laughs> She's 60. They are told. Mom. I'm a little worried about Dad. I mean, for a change, he's gone overboard. I mean, ever since he's got a senior discount card, he's mailing away for anything they offer him. I think there's something different about him, but you be the judge. Uh, he walks in in this old man getup. Oh, my God. Pink, green, yellow, orange, and dark blue checkered pants with these white and green shoes like like a light green, which is grosser than dark green. Purpose, it perfectly matched his top, though. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it did match his green shirt. It's like a polo buttoned up all the way to the top. His belt was white, and his pants were pulled all the way up under his nipples. <laughs> like, oh my, he really just embraced this whole thing. He just, Al Bundy just disappeared somehow. Uh, you know, the cool dresser that we used to know. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, I love, though, how we went from being upset about it 
to just going atypical Al Bundy. Like, no, I'm going to use this. Like, I love that. And, like, that comes back at the end, you know, with the message at the end. Yeah. But it's just – I just thought that was great. I was like, why is Al upset? Like, I, that – it was kind of out of character for him in, in terms of, like, why would he be – like, he he should be thrilled. Like, and – but then they flipped it and they're like, oh, no, wait. He's going to take that and push it as far as he could possibly go. Yeah, this had, like, little traces of him at Chuck E. Cheese for me, like, going to the kids' birthday <laughs> parties and wrapping empty boxes. Like, Al will just do anything – that eventually leads to him getting something for either free or a discounted price. Like he just takes advantage of whatever, like no matter how bad it makes him look, he really doesn't seem to care as long as he gets his end game. Right. Exactly. It wasn't as extreme. They didn't really talk about him getting food at a discount really, except for the Denny's thing. But, uh, he just embraced all the free stuff. So it kind of is, you know, I always wish I could be one of those people. I can't do it. I, can't. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, the other day we had to go to the store and legitimately had to buy toilet paper. I'm not trying to hoard them or anything like that. We actually just needed it. I was so paranoid about what my local shopkeeper was going to think about us. <laughs> I was like, stop, just stop, you know, like, <laughs> but same, I can't help it. Same exact thing. Like, we legit, same exact thing, Jimmy. We legit needed it, and I didn't even want to get it. I was, like, so embarrassed. I was yeah, just like, this like, is no, embarrassing. Let's get it now. Yeah. Like, I just, I just need it. Like, we, we do this every couple of weeks. Like, you're I just one, need of them, one of them. One of them. One of them. So Al dyed his hair, which was completely unnecessary. What, what was wrong with his hair? <laughs> it's just darker now. You know what's weird? I didn't even notice until they pointed it out. You know what? Neither did I. I think I was so distracted by his clothes. Oh, maybe. And then when they did point it out, I couldn't not see it because it didn't match his eyebrows at all. And I was like, oh, wow, that is obvious. But I had no idea until they said something. It was weird. And he has a big black streak down his back. That was funny. (laughs) Well, Peg, by the way, I won't be home on Friday. Sadie Blostein is making a nice brisket. (laughs) The only drawback is I sometimes find myself talking to myself. No, you don't. Know. You don't tell you. What? Yes, I do. What? Why not? Don't you? Hey, brisket on Friday. No kidding. So let me know if you catch me doing it. No? Well, kids, can I get a woe asylum? Hey, let's see what we got in the mail. Hey, I've been invited to compete in the Chicago Area Athletic Championships. Well, can't turn this down. So scare the big spider off the mantle, because there's a new trophy coming in. Nothing can stop me now. Except getting it in the cup during drug testing. (laughs) Dad, did you read this thing? Sure, it says see you at the championships. It says senior championships. (laughs) It's for people over 65. Perhaps your hair was leaking into your eyes. Honey, you know, that's ten events in two days. You can't even handle one event in two minutes. Mom's 80. Wow. Hey, Mom, when did you start going through, you know, mental pause? Right after I had you, honey. 
<laughs> and that's perfect coming from Kelly because she her whole life has been a mental pause. <laughs> Hi everybody, Chris Gunter here. I just wanted to say thank you to Alex Edwards and anyone who works at any level of production for the Married with Children podcast. Uh, it's too many people to name in under a minute, but you know who you are. Thank you very much. I've, I discovered the uh, Married with Children podcast uh, a little under a year ago now, and it's truly been one of the great pleasures of my life. Uh, first of all, catching up and then living uh, season six and seven in real time as Alex and the others have gone through it. Um, Married with Children is a timeless classic and a jewel from my childhood, personally. So um, I really, really am appreciative that uh, the podcast has brought the um, brought the show back to life. And I'm very much looking forward to um, living out the, the rest of Season 7 and then Seasons 8 through 11. So thank you very much, and I look forward to the next, uh, I guess, couple of years. Thank you. can't possibly beat these old guys. They're in great shape. For once in your life, quit while you're still behind. <laughs> so you don't think I can win, eh? Oh, Daddy, I think you can win. I made a joke. <laughs> so an old woman, a gnome, and a dullard don't think I can win. No, actually, no we actually don't. No. Well, I can, and I will win these championships. Bring me your tired, your old, your... Wrinkled old masses yearning to ride the bus for free. Bring them all on. Your 70-year-olds, your 80-year-olds, your 90-year-olds. Bring them in their canes and their walkers and their wheelchairs. I'll bury them all. Because that's the kind of man your daddy is. Good boy. That is allusion to the Emma Lazarus poem. The New Colossus from 1883 that is inscribed in the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Which was a gift from France, if someone on Earth doesn't know that. <laughs> that is, yes, indeed. <laughs> and has featured in more disaster films than anything else, probably. <laughs> that poor thing's always being destroyed. <laughs> yeah. They made a garbage pail kit of that called Liberty Libby. And Alice Island. That's where they had uh, the first X-Men showdown. Oh, God. Remember we thought that movie was good? No, and uh, then we talked about it. We realized it's probably one of the worst. Like, what are the climax? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the big climax was Wolverine, like, jumping around one of the spikes on her hat and, like, clawing <laughs> through it to grab on. That was it. That was it. There you go. You're welcome, America. Uh, I loved her in Ghostbusters 2. Oh, she was great in Ghostbusters, too. That always makes me cry. Mm -hmm. So Al could barely get his hand down his pants because his pants are too high. That was funny. That was a good little <laughs> visual. right? So then we cut to 90-year-old cheerleaders. One's playing a tuba horribly. Uh, or the land of the I can say I've been to a dead concert. Did you see the one 
on the far right, the one that was standing next to the tuba player, when they got to the end of the cheer, she actually, she was so anxious to get off, like get off the stage, she pushed the one next to her. She was, really? she yeah. was like, yes. She's like, get out, get going, get going. Get going, get going. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Granny's mad. That's funny. Yeah, none of these ladies even have pictures next to their names. So I'm not really going to look anyone up this episode. This guy uh, who was talking to Al at the end, this is all he's done. So I'm not going to. Yeah, I assume they didn't have illustrious careers. No. But I guess we'll talk about the official Kevin Brief briefly. He's known for Supernatural, The Big Bang Theory, L.A.'s Finest, and Criminal Minds. So if you really liked his work in this episode, you could follow his career. (laughs) (laughs) The one guy was funny, though. The uh, the vendor. It's Jamaalots, Red Hot Suppositories, Stone Prunes, Already Chewed Food. (laughs) Um, He's known for The Majestic, Life Goes On, Luck, and Working. So that was funny. That was a good little bit. So the first event is a race. Al came in fifth place. Hey, Mom, was Dad ever any good? I mean, he talks about it all the time, but was he ever really a great athlete? Well, actually, kids, he was really something. I remember one play in particular. Everybody thought Daddy was really boxed in. So he threw a fake, broke four tackles, straight-armed a guy right in the teeth, and ran for daylight. (laughs) It was the best run I'd ever seen. Actually, he'd still be running if my uncle hadn't clubbed him with the butt of his shotgun and dragged him back to the wedding. (laughs) So, in answer to your question, yes, he was a great athlete. But no, he was never any good. 47 feet. Next up, Al Bundy. The next event was the shot put, and Al threw it six inches. That reminds me of Mr. Burns um, on a Simpsons. Mr. Burns was going to throw out the first pitch. You ever see that? Oh, right. just, oh yes, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. It just lands right in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to watch the Simpsons again more. I, I've Now that it's on demand, I'm trying to sneak it in every time we're on downtime. Right. We've been right. watching South Park. Yeah, nice. I love South Park. Next is Pole Vault, and Al crushes a lady and a cat. (laughs) The cat's on her chest, and it's flat. Oh, God, I hurt. (laughs) Honey, you should be pretty proud. After one full day's events, with men who in some cases are twice your age, you're in 15th place. (laughs) Oh, look on the bright side, Daddy. You are the 15th best elderly athlete in the entire Chicago area. Yeah, Dad, we're all proud the way you nailed that cat. (laughs) I took him out pretty good, didn't I? You sure did, killer. (laughs) Why don't we cut the charade, Dad? You know, we don't ask for much. Just this once, why don't you dig down deep and show us the man you really are? Make us proud, big guy. Quit. (laughs) <laughs> You'll always have the cat. Yeah, I guess I can't top that. Ah, all right, I quit. Can't beat those guys anyway. They got the edge on me. Most of their wives are dead. <laughs> you know, Peg, if you love me, you'd be dead already, too. Yeah, if. <laughs> all right. 
But understand this. I was a cinch to win that thing. We know you were, Dad. Yeah, Dad, you can do anything. <laughs> I made another joke. Aw, <laughs> oh, Al. You could really use some encouragement, couldn't you? Yes, Peggy, I could. Good night, honey. Oh, oh. It didn't always used to be like this. Al daydreams of the days before when he wasn't a quitter, and he slapped a coach and took over the team. All right, boys. We're down three touchdowns. We don't have a chance, so let's quit. Quit? Sorry, coach, but I'm taking over now. Okay, you guys, you give me the ball and get out of my way. Al Bundy doesn't quit. I assume that was the game that he got the four touchdowns in one game because the coach says we're down three touchdowns. There's no way we're coming back from this. Right. You know, blah, blah, right. blah. So I assumed that that was when he took over and got four touchdowns and that was the legendary game. That has to be it. And it's weird that they separate it, though. Like, Peg... Yeah, nobody mentions the the four touchdown thing, Yeah, you know? They just act like that game. And you would think it's the, well, you mean the one I always talk about? Right. But, I mean, the fact that they were down by three, that, I mean, that has to be it, right? Makes perfect sense. So now we get more insight into that night that he did that. Peg, wake up! <laughs> oh, no, Al. Are you reliving when you slapped the coach and took over the team? Hey, shut up. Kids, get in here! I have made a decision. I am going back to the competition tomorrow. And I want you there and I want you cheering. And this time I want you cheering for me. <laughs> Al Bundy is not a quitter. Now get out. No, not you. This used to be my event too, baby. And then Peg gets a sex point. Well, kids, he proved it to me last night, and I want the whole world to know your father is a quitter. Of course, he thinks he did good. Probably because I screamed Al when he jabbed his elbow into my eye. <laughs> and plus, uh, Peg has already said he was never very good. Right. So now Al's wearing a shirt that becomes iconic among Married with Children fans. It's a gray t-shirt with dark blue writing and it says property of Polk High with the football with the 33 on it. In the middle of the shirt. Now, I'm actually looking at this image right now because I guess when I bought that shirt or I bought the cl- the typical blue t-shirt, Polk High, it look, it's like a, a fake jersey. And it says Bundy in the back and the big 33 and Polk High or whatever on the front and back. Um, <coughs> that place I bought it from, it, it was a place called Rompers, RompersStomperTees.com, which I went to go back to and it's, it's completely out of business or something but um, they sent you all these stickers when you bought these shirts 
and it's like see-through stickers and what's on his shirt is on this sticker and it's in white so you i stuck it to my locker at work which was black so you see it, it's really nice looking and i stuck it to one of the speakers here in the nudie bar <laughs> oh that's where that came from it's cool right that is cool <laughs> so al does the disc throwing and he hit a cat um, he does the hurdle jump for real in that race. They keep jumping. I the... saw that. That was impressive. Yeah, Al was killing it in that. And then he does the javelin throw, I think, because it went by so quick, right? Was it javelin? Yes. Yeah. He threw that through a cat. Jamie hated that part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that better not be Doris. <laughs> like, <laughs> that ain't, Doris ain't got no cat. <laughs> how am i doing oh honey i can't believe it you're in second place now there's one more event the 1500 meter race win that and you take it all al we are so proud of you you're beating all the old men beating them i'm killing them this you could just see the commercial. Like you know how we play the the promo for every episode. Now, well, we tried to. We we started at some point. Annabelle really helped us with that. She pulled them all and is loading them to YouTube. You could so you could see like um, all the promos for the each Marrow Children episode that we play on our show. That's on her YouTube channel, Bundyanna. Nice, right on. And it's when you just seeing. Peg say, Al, you're beating all the old men. And he goes, beating them? I'm killing them. And the guy gets uh, carried away in a stretcher. That is exactly what was played on that promo. Yeah. It was almost Classic. made for a promo. Yeah, 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 right. And I haven't even looked at the promo in, in 20 years, and I could tell you that. Oh, my God. You guys, I love you so much. Thank you so much for 39 months, 39 months of the amazing Married with Children podcast. I have to tell you guys, I love it. Really, when that show ended, after 11 seasons, my life was devoid of all meaning. I had nothing left. No reason, no conscience, no understand. Oh, sorry, wrong thing. But no, I really, I was devoid of anything in my life. And then, 39 months ago, the Married with Children podcast came into my life. You guys, Jerry, Dan, Jamie and Alex, you guys, you guys gave my life meaning again. You brought the show back to glorious life for me. Thank you so much. Here's 150 glorious episodes. I just, I just hope this can go on forever. Like maybe when it's done. You can come back and, and, and re-examine the episodes again and again and again 
and again and again and just keep it going so I have something to live for. Because right now, there's nothing to live for but the Married with Children podcast. Thank you guys so much. I love you. Michael J. Owl. So this guy comes up to Al. Well, it looks like it's going to be a duel between you and me. It's going to be rough. I'm a long distance man, but I'm going to win this event and take that gold. Means a lot to me. So much I actually considered competing before I was 65, just to get an itch. Pathetic, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But what kind of an example would that be for the grandkids? So I trained for a whole year, and I'm going to win it fair and square. Good luck, honey. You're going to need it against that guy. Do you think so? (laughs) Sure, he does a lot of running, but stamina is my strong point. (laughs) Well, no, not with you With you, stamina's a bad thing It prolongs the agony (laughs) I love how he had to clarify for her How Uh, great is that? That was fantastic Absolutely But he's right, though He's right Yeah, it's funny Like, he's quick draw McGraw But now that we hear this if he has to do it anyway, he could at least finish, and then right. he can get out of it fast. Get out of there. You know? So, yep. hey, what the hell? But you know, winning means an awful lot to that old guy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run the race until I know I got a one. Then I'm going to slow up and let him win, because I'd have to be pretty pathetic to want glory bad enough to cheat an old man out of a victory he's dreamed of for years. See you at the finish line, baby. Yeah, and if history has taught us anything, you'll be asleep by the time I get there. Runners of the 1500, take your marks. What? Get set. At this point in this race, Al is clearly winning the race. He even totally mocks everyone else in the race. He fakes a heart attack, collapses to the ground. Then he, and of course, nobody rushes over to help him. Then he lays on the track and just like, yeah, no, 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 you know, like totally mocking him. Taunting him. <laughs> this guy who want, wanted to win and Al's going to let him win, he catches up to Al. And maybe you guys could explain this or articulate what's happening here better than I can. He catches up to Al, seems to pass Al, and then Al gets up. Then we look at this guy. <laughs> the camera's not moving. It's like it's a it's a shot where it's like around the bend or something. Right. The guy appears to be jogging in place. In in place. That's exactly it. And then Al follows suit. <laughs> and then they slowly start running, jogging together. <laughs> yeah. Was that? designed by Jerry Cohen so that and Jerry what are you thinking I th- I think you're one of the greatest directors in the world and, and this is what you do today that was horrible no that was just horrible this was as bad as how the stadium looked in the that football episode no this is just bad like 
it's it's how it was shot, right? So you need to figure that out in pre-production, how <laughs> that's going to all work out. You can't just run and play. Like, what is this? It's like, that was horrible. And the fact that they kept on that and they showed everything, they showed him walking in place and they showed Al running faster, catching up with him. And then they slowly start going together. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, like we deserve a little better than that. Well, I was wondering, are we supposed to think, because, I mean, it was so obvious that at the time I was like, so is he doing what Al was doing? Like, is he trying to let Al pass him? Like, what is happening? You know, because it was incredibly obvious. Oh, it's, I, I, I didn't know what I was looking at. So here's my theory. Looking back on it, I didn't think of this or rewind it to verify. So you let me know. I think the theory behind the way this was shot we need to see Al get up and then come to the realization that he wants this trophy and to deliver the line, that trophy is mine. And we can't do that. Jerry Cohen's not going to run or have a, he's not on a panaglide or something where we're going to follow them running while he's saying this. So it has to sort of just be something I could film and watch Al come to this and then talk and all this other stuff. So we'll just have him run in place while this happens. But even at the very least, Jerry Cohen should have known, just zoom in on Al's head. That's it. Do we really need this other guy in the shot? Just have the guy run past him, have Al get up, and a fake run in place, but at least it'll be a blue background, like a sky or whatever, you know? Have him say that, and then cut to your other part. That's it. Right? You like just said it. And instead, you've got the old guy looking like he's one of those people that's crossing in front of your car and they want to make it look like they're trying to hurry, but they're really yeah. just, they're really Jamie. just wow. walking. But, but <laughs> I feel attacked on that because I do that. I'm like, yeah, I'm jogging here. And I just kind of like move my arms more than anything. Wow. Felt that. I just walk diagonally so it takes me longer to cross the street. Ooh, you're that guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Alex just lays down in the Whenever room. we had to do laps in <laughs> PE, I would always wait till I got to the opposite end of the track where the coach couldn't see me all that well, and then I would do that fake run thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You're like Jesse from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Remember when he pushed him into the chairs? Yep. <laughs> By the way, that laugh was dedicated to Annabelle. She loves it. She doesn't want you to stop that attention-getting laugh. <laughs> attention-seeking. There's no guarantee I always get it, but I apparently am always looking for it. You do look for it, right? Creepy TV. <laughs> <laughs> See? That's perfect. Bet you thought Al was going to let the old guy win. Well, then, you haven't been paying attention for the last seven years. If you go on IMDb, and I, I got to just point this out because it fascinates me that somebody would take the time to do this. If you go on IMDb for this episode and you go under goofs, a guy actually points out the date that this was recorded and then states... It's actually not seven years that we should have been paying attention. It's six years and so many months. Oh, come on. It's the seventh season. That equals seven years. Get over it. Can you imagine this? That's crazy. <laughs> wow. That, I'm, I'm guessing there wasn't uh, 
that much trivia to go go around for this episode huh Oh, the only trivia is what I came up with, you came up with, and where our research team came up with. There's nothing anywhere except for this. He goes, this is incorrect. This episode was taped just two and a half months after the sixth anniversary of the pilot episode and first premiered just three weeks before the sixth anniversary of the pilot's episode's premiere. And you want to hear the, the greatest part about this? Zero out of one people found this interesting. <laughs> Dynamite drop in, Monty. Can you imagine how funny is that? Now, one really cool goof, well, not cool, but at least a good one, is that when watching Al compete, Peggy is sitting between Kelly and Bud. A few moments later, Kelly is sitting between Peg and Bud. Hmm. <laughs> So it's just one of those things where, but maybe Peg went to the bathroom and came back and sat differently. So that's not really a goof. It's just, uh, I didn't really notice that though. It kind of surprises me that I didn't notice, but I was also, I was focusing on all the old people in the stands because they kept, they were clearly, they were ba- They were bad at being extras is what they were because they were clearly, clearly paying attention to what was actually being said, you know, when, right. Like they're staring right at them, and I'm like, "That's I'm like you're bad extras. Like, where did they, they get these people? Did they just hijack a like a retirement home?" That's what I, I, that's what I thought it was too. And when and when Al said his line, they nodded in agreement with him. Yes, and then yes. and then they just kind of looked away to the side, and then had <laughs> a very off conversation. Like one would talk. And then one would just kind of nod their head while looking the other way and then respond, like, in an awkward fashion back. And I was like, these people are the worst. Like, I noticed that, too. It was a thing. <laughs> worst extras ever. Ever. They were bad. <laughs> and that guy who won third place, how? Because he's the one who kept getting he confused. the wrong way. <laughs> like, how did that guy? That, that's that, that. That was everything for me. I'm like, they put goggles in there? Like, he was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was, these guys, the whole thing was a trip, man. Oh, man. But what we really wanted to do was to give a lesson to all you folks out there. It's only cheating if you get caught. <laughs> that was a nice topper, capper to the episode. How many times are you slapping the coach and taking over the game out of five for this episode, Dan? What a great episode. You know, I I thought that all around it was a uh, great premise. Um, Besides the the whole running thing that was very off-putting, I've decided that that's not really – I don't really think you can count that against it. so, yeah, I, I would give this uh, a 4.5 out of 5. I really dug this episode. Uh, you know, Marcy and Jefferson, obviously, like we said, are great. Um, it was just all-around great episode. Wow, nice. Jamie, how many times are you slapping the coach and taking over the game for this episode out of 5? I can only slap the coach four times, I think. It was, it was very funny. And one thing I'll say about it is it went by super fast. It was over before I even realized it. And I always like that because that means that, I, you know, it's not dragging and I'm not bored. But I didn't, you know, like laugh out loud a lot. And 
there have been a lot of episodes this season that made me do that. This one, this one was good and it had its funny moments, but it's not one of my favorites of the season. Although it was, you know, it was good. So I'll slap him four times. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I'll slap the coach uh, three and a half out of five times for this episode. It was good. It was just, uh, to me, an average Married with Children episode. Um, you know, it's a good premise. You know, we should tackle this, you know, aging thing and and uh, the whole culture of senior discounts and them taking advantage. And then what a weird uh, place to bring it. Like, <laughs> he's going to do, like, the Olympics for old people, too. Like, that's funny. It's good that we got to see some action, him actually doing these things on some level. Um, even though some of them are filmed terribly. <laughs> the Jefferson and Marcy thing, they always kind of do good recently in season seven. So that was pretty much on par. Kelly and Bud's involvement, lackluster. I mean, they didn't have killer jokes or anything like that throughout. It was just, you know, just an average marriage children to me. It wasn't, uh, anything amazing, but you, we do get the amazing t-shirt Al wore that everybody could buy if they want. And I, I seen tons of people post pictures with it. You get the great final line. It's only cheating if you get caught. So for the for that reason alone, you know, it's it's a memorable episode, and you really can't forget this episode either. You know, pretty memorable. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you to everyone who submitted a clip for our 150th show celebration. Luigi, Steven, Chris, and Michael J. Thank you for that illuminating and interesting submission, Michael. Um, yeah, go through this whole thing again when we're done. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking more like uh, just do once a month Patreon exclusive shows where we just tackle different aspects of the show or maybe examination of characters, maybe interviews with the. Uh, People with some bit parts or big parts, hopefully Ed O'Neill, Katie, you know, the Christina, the big ones. Maybe we'll examine the comic book series. Who knows? You could do anything. Uh, we will definitely look into continuing the show after we review all 262 episodes. But everybody, thank you again for your submissions. And everyone who didn't submit, maybe you're too shy, maybe you didn't have time. Who knows, but you're here, you're listening right now at the tail end of the show, so you are a true no-man regardless. It's just not everybody's thing, I guess. So, either way, we appreciate you all, thank you very much, and um, tune in next week, pending uh, we don't let this virus uh, interfere with things, because... That might happen, just so you know. Even if we say we'll see you next week, that might not happen anyway. But, yeah, we will be sure to disinfect the polls at the nudie bar, do everything we can, and show up every week as usual. So tune in next week as we review Unlawful Entry, Al becomes a local hero when he stands up to a burglar.